0: That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: Today's program was brought to you by the Wisconsin Milk Marketing Board. Did you know that today, Wisconsin produces more than 600 varieties, types, and styles of American, international style, and original cheeses that win more awards than any other state or country? For more information, visit eatwisconsincheese.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more.
0: You're listening to Cutting the Curd, hosted by Ann Saxelby.
2: You're listening to Cutting the Curd, hosted by Anne Saxelby. You're listening to Cutting the Curd, hosted by Anne Saxelby, broadcast live to the Cosmos on the Heritage Radio Network.
3: Happy Friday, and welcome back to another episode of Cutting the Curd on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Anne Saxelby. My co-host, Sophie Schlesinger, is uh, actually on a brief hiatus. She is going to be up in the Berkshires for the next couple months, uh, cooking up some fine pastry um, at a restaurant up there. So um, Sophie is still producing um, the content for our shows. So thanks so much, Sophie, for all your hard work, but she's not in the studio with us today. Um our show today uh, features the Wisconsin Food Festival, and we're going to be talking with Tiffany Kenny, who is the president and owner of Locavore Roar. Uh, Tiffany, are you with us?
2: I am. Thanks for having me.
3: Thanks so much for being on the show. Uh, so tell us a little bit about uh, Locavore Roar first, and then we'll get a little bit more into this Wisconsin Food Fest.
2: Sure. So we are a brand new company. We're just about a year old. We're family run and operated out of Madison, Wisconsin. Okay. And what we're, our mission is cheerleading and dedicating a crowd to roar behind local foods. So we are promotional in nature, uh, but one of the things that we are trying to do is really just um, spread the word about Wisconsin foods.
3: That's awesome. I feel like Wisconsin in particular has more going on uh, with small scale production, whether it be, you know, cheese or a business like uh, Potter's Crackers or, you know, things like that. Um, There's so much there's so much going on. So it's really great to have an organization like yours that uh, can promote these people.
2: Well, you know, they're small businesses, and it's hard for them to do that themselves. They've got to be either, you know, out in the fields raising the food or making... I actually just was at Potters Crackers about two minutes ago before this interview. Oh, they're so so uh, good. (laughs) They're working working really hard to make the food, and so they needed someone like us to get out and bring them all together and have this special event, which is the Wisconsin Food Festival, and we're going to celebrate all the great things that they do.
3: So uh, when is this Wisconsin Food Festival taking place?
2: Well, it starts tomorrow evening with a kickoff event for all of our participants. And then on Sunday, we have a public event that is open from 12 to 5. Um, And then that evening, we have two dinners. One is a farm-to-table dinner, and one is a Wisconsin Heritage dinner. And what's the difference uh,
3: between those two dinners, if I can ask?
2: Of course. Well, one of them is out on the farm. We're actually going to take you out to VVV Organic Beef Farm, where they grow both grass-fed and organic beef, which is uh, quite a feat to do both things with your animals. And we're going to take a tour of their farm and their neighboring farm, which is Turtle Creek Organics. They're doing all the produce. And then we had a local chef from Whitewater, Wisconsin. His name is Tyler Salisbury, and he runs a restaurant called The Black Sheep, and he's going to cook us all a great meal under a beautiful white tent out in the field. Wow. The other dinner... That. I'm really looking forward to both of those dinners, but something about being out in the field right next to, the, to where the food came from is really exciting. Definitely. The other dinner is called our Wisconsin Heritage Dinner, and it's got 15 local producers featured in five different courses, prepared again by a fantastic local chef, David Ross, who works at Lakeland Resort. Where he actually is, you know, he's got some beehives up back where he's making his own honey. So it doesn't get more local than that. But uh, that dinner is also going to be a fantastic opportunity for people to really taste Wisconsin food.
3: And now at that dinner, I mean, Wisconsin, I feel like, has a lot of great food traditions. I'm actually from um, the suburbs of Chicago, but kind of right in between, you know, northern Illinois, so right in between Milwaukee and uh, and Chicago, really. And I feel like Wisconsin has a lot of great food traditions, like the Friday fish fry and um, bratwurst and um, summer sausages and all these things. Are those types of foods going to be represented at some of these events as well? I feel like there's there's an interesting um, kind of blend in Wisconsin of like the old and in the new right now and kind of how yeah. those traditions are, are merging or intersecting.
2: Absolutely. Well, Lake Lawn Resort is a good example of that. They've been actually around since the late 1800s doing food and uh, festivals and hosting Wisconsin families. And actually – Quite a few people from the the northern Chicago suburbs have always been coming up to Wisconsin for our food events and special projects.
3: I I feel like I had a Lake Lawn Resort t-shirt when I was a kid, even though I've never been there. Yeah, because I feel like it just like, I don't know, one floated through the house and I just wound up with it. But when you said that, I was like, oh, my God, I think I had a t-shirt that was from that place. Yeah.
2: It's a destination for people from the Chicago suburbs who would come and also from Madison and Milwaukee. It's literally an hour from each of those places. So we found ourselves right in sort of the heart of where we've always been great, doing great food. And so you're right. Some of the things that are traditional or heritage things you'll see in our dinners this time, but they're twisted a little bit. For example, Chef Tyler at the farm dinner, he's doing a brat, but it's a chicken brat. And it's with chickens that are less than 15 miles from his restaurant. So there's kind of an interesting twist to that brought and actually um Tyler was re- recently featured on the Food Network Challenge, and that brought won him his award. So it's kind of a fun thing to get to try as well because it's a an award winning brat, but it's a brat. It's from Wisconsin, So here you've got it done in a chicken version. Something that, fun for us to try.
1: Yeah,
3: that sounds that sounds mouth watering. I'm uh I'm getting hungry here. It's almost uh it's getting close <laughs> to dinner time here in, uh, I know, <laughs> in New the York.
2: Timing. Maybe we should on this a little early.
3: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, but so something that I think. Um, seems interesting about this festival is the size and the scale. Um, I was reading a little bit about it um, from the materials that you sent over, and you said that you were limiting um, this exhibition to 50 vendors? Yeah. You know, we really also, there's there's a numbers
2: game here. We're not trying to have an event where people come through and they, you know, Grab a handful of cheese, and they're not able to identify which cheese it is, but it was all just delicious, you know. Yeah, so we're trying to have we're trying to have an event that is very um, interactive. You can spend the time with the producers. You know, the actual cheese maker is going to be on site instead of um, maybe perhaps their their. Second-tier staff or their front office staff. You know, we've got the cheese makers there. We've got the people who are raising the lamb, and so we're trying to have it as a much more intimate experience than a time where you can you can uh, really chat with the producer. Because I think, and I think I'm not alone in this feeling, that you really the food tastes better. It's a little bit sweeter, a little bit more enjoyable when you actually know the person who made them.
3: Absolutely, and when you can have time, like you said, to get that backstory, um, I think that's really an interesting component of your of your event because if you think about. Um, you know, other food festivals certainly in the cheese world, the American Cheese Society conference is a great um, event every year. But there are thousands of people at that event, um, and so it, it, you know, you see you see people, but it's a little bit brief. And then also the fancy food show, which happens twice a year, isn't even a larger scale event. And so I feel like, yeah, and then you have people there scanning each other's badges. You know, just being like, all right, I'm going to talk to you yeah. later. I'm going to talk to you later. So I really like this idea of. Keeping it super focused and allowing people that kind of time and interaction, because in reality you know these foods are being produced on such a scale that you know they need to be sold to a small community of people well, that understand them as well
2: exactly that 's the very important part of this conversation is it allows us then to bring in some really unique small and small cheese makers, small artisan producers a good example for us and, and as a cheese monger, I think you'll appreciate we've got Anna Landmark from Landmark Creamery, who's just launching her products right now, and they're fantastic. She's she actually won a few of the American Cheese Society awards, and she's got a great reputation. So we're excited to have her there, but she wouldn't be able to sample to 3,000 people in a mad rush. You know, she actually she, uh, emailed me earlier this week and said, okay, I can make cheese on Monday and Tuesday. How many pieces do I make? <laughs> you know, so she's making it on a very small scale. But it's, it's those types of people who really are driving the food industry too, those innovative small businesses. Um, and we hope that through the food festival people will be made aware of her and she'll uh, grow her business, and then maybe she won't be able to join us anymore because she's too big. <laughs>
3: So that's an interesting question. Um, of the businesses that are participating this year, how many of them are startups like Anna's versus um, more well-established uh, businesses?
2: You know, it's, it's about 40% of them are startups within the last 18 months. Wow. Uh, the rest of them, I'm trying to look here too. It looks like, you know, we probably then would say there's another tier of them who are within the last five years. And then I do have a few established people joining us because we want to make sure that that we have some good solid things um, for everyone
3: to sample. Absolutely. And so do you anticipate as this festival, um, you know, grows and continues, do you anticipate that you'll see that same uh, percentage of startups with each year? Or do you anticipate, um, you know, you'll kind of work with this core that you've started with and then kind of, you know, add on, you know, slowly with other people who might be starting up?
2: No, I'd really love to see a cycle where we did keep it about 20 to 40 percent brand new things that are really starting to get off because that's really, when I set out to create this business with my family and and when we spent a lot of time talking about who needed help, it's those people, you know. And so we hope that Wisconsin, as we keep producing more and more fantastic artisans, food producers and cheesemakers, that we can just help move that economy forward through our work and our services.
3: So um, let me ask, where where are the majority of your guests coming from who are attending this year? Is it pretty local? Um, you know, are a lot of Wisconsin chefs and retailers attending, or do, are people coming from all over the country or all over the world?
2: Well, for this year, it really is, I would call it local. But for us, um, Wisconsin being so close to the Chicago Minnesota relationship, we've got, or sorry, the Illinois Minnesota relationship, I've got people coming down from the Twin Cities, and then there are people coming up from Chicago. But I would bet 75 to 80% of our attendees are Wisconsin based for this first year as we grow and have people aware of it. And so I'm so appreciative of the chance to chat with you because as we're able to let people know about what's going on in Wisconsin, I'd love to see that flip around and that there were a lot of people coming in from out of state to come see what we've got to offer here in Wisconsin.
3: Absolutely, absolutely. Well, Wisconsin's always had such a, and and Madison in particular, I feel like has such a strong bi-local ethic and such a strong support of not only local businesses, but people who are doing things in a sustainable, organic, you know, kind of natural way. Um, it's a very, I'm sure that there's a, there's plenty of demand right there, right there at home for all these, all these different things. Um, yeah, you know, it, it's
2: just a sort of second nature for some of us.
3: Absolutely. And so, um, you, like you said, this is going to be kicking off tomorrow and you mentioned that there are going to be the two dinners. And then can you give us the rundown of the itinerary for the rest of the festival?
2: Yeah, so we also, on Saturday morning, so tomorrow morning, beginning at 8 a.m., we have a dozen bike riders leaving from Madison, Wisconsin, um, from Fromagination, which is a great little cheese shop there on the square, and they're riding the 65 miles down to the festival. So they're going to be fueled by Wisconsin Foods along the way. We've got about four stops for them. And so they ride from Madison down to um, Delavan. We then have the kickoff event um, tomorrow evening. Sunday, we've got 12 to 5, our showcase, where you can come in and you can meet with all of the participants. The general public is welcome to attend that. Then we have the two dinners that evening. And the following Monday, we have some special interactive, um, more industry-related things, where exhibitors will be meeting one-on-one to develop some sales relationships. And that's not open to the public, but that is something um, that we're looking to continue to add as an important part of the show where people can really do that networking then on the business level as well.
3: That's so great. Well, as a cyclist, I have to say the 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 kickoff uh, bike ride event sounds really exciting. Um, I'll have to get my get my act together and get over there next year for the for the bike ride. You know-
2: I'm gonna have to show you a picture of this jersey too. Uh, I'm working with a gentleman. His name is Gabe, and he's got this great. uh, He's a a big cyclist, and he works with a lot of the cheese makers. And he got great sponsors for his bike ride, so he has the best Wisconsin jersey I've seen in a long time. Oh, Um, we'd love to see it. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll make sure to get you a, a picture of one. If not, if not one, we'll see what we've got. But we'll definitely have to have you come so you can have one of those of your own. It's a nice jersey.
3: Oh, my gosh. That would be fantastic. That would be really fantastic. <laughs> um, and so this this event is literally, you know, right upon us. So if people want to buy tickets um, or learn more, do you guys have a website? Um, yeah, we do. So to make it
2: super easy because um, we had really long, WisconsinFoodFestival.org, those were a lot of characters. It's, you can type that still. It works. But a much shorter one is wi WIFoodFest. Dot com Easiest way to get there. So WIFoodFest.com. And the tickets are still available. Um, one of the dinners is sold out, but we've got some of the other ones available. And the bike ride has. Actually, if you want to join us on the bike ride tomorrow, I think we could throw you on that ride. It'd be fun.
3: <laughs> I'll get on a plane. Fly out here. I'll get on a plane on, tonight. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, we're going to take a very quick break. But when we come back, um, we're going to talk more about Locavore Roar and the Wisconsin Food Festival. So stick with us.
1: You. You're listening to Maurice Narcisse by Eula on the Heritage Radio Network.org. Today's program was brought to you by the Wisconsin Milk Marketing Board. Wisconsin cheeses have an illustrious heritage of more than 160 years of quality and craftsmanship. During this long and rich history, the art and science of cheesemaking have been captured in time-honored traditions that produce cheese varieties of unsurpassed excellence. Today, Wisconsin produces more than 600 varieties, types, and styles of American, international style, and original cheeses that win more awards than any other state or country. To learn more, visit www.eatwisconsincheese.com. All
3: right, and we are back on Cutting the Curd on the Heritage Radio Network. You can check out Cutting the Curd and a bunch of other shows that are fantastic on our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Um, you can become a member of the network, Uh we're like, you know, the little food NPR, so you can become a member and get lots of cool gifts and stuff. Um, and just check out other great uh, food content. Um, so we're going to lead off our second segment here actually with our curd word, which is a new segment we've been doing for the past month or so. Uh, curd words are cheese vocabulary words that may be well-known or lesser known. Um, and this is an attempt to demystify the world of cheese vocabulary for our listeners. So our curd word today is ammoniated. Um Ammoniated is a term describing cheese that either smells or tastes of ammonia as a result of being overripe or mishandled, i.e. at fluctuating temperatures. This condition may affect the rinds of cheese varieties with white bloomy rinds, such as brie, camembert, and chevre. Um, a hint of ammonia is not objectionable, but heavy ammoniation is. Um, so basically when you smell a cheese and it smells, you know, whoa, super strong, that is ammonia, which is a which is a byproduct of cheese aging. And uh, so like we said, a little bit is not bad, but a lot probably means the cheese is over the hill. Um, all right. Well, back to our conversation. We're, we're talking today with Tiffany Kenny, who is the president and owner of Locavore Roar and the organizer of the first uh, Wisconsin Food Festival, which is going to take place this weekend. Um, so, Tiffany, can you tell us a little bit about uh, more about your background? How how did you come to this uh, to this business, Locavore Roar?
2: Sure. So, um, I grew up in Fort Atkinson, Wisconsin. It's about 30 miles outside of Madison, Wisconsin. And um, it's, it's a, not a totally farming community, but it's pretty rural. We've got lots of agriculture around us, and it's a beautiful place to grow up. Proud to be from Fort. Woohoo! Um, mm-hmm. And I went to Madison and spent a lot of time here working with Madison Magazine, which was the local city publication, and they put together the Madison Food and Wine Show. So I worked on that project for seven years as its producer and really uh, spent a lot of time pro- promoting local food businesses, restaurants and um, coffee shops, but not the food producers themselves. They were sort of getting a little bit lost in the in the wake of things. You know, we would talk about who was using the food, but not the food itself. And so after eight years of working with the magazine, I thought it was time to, why don't I take a take a chance here? You know, what do I love? I love food. I love working with people who make food because they're really hardworking, good people, and uh, go out on this venture. And so that is where I took my marketing background and my promotional abilities, and I'm hoping to help these small local food producers.
3: That is really, really great. And so how do you generally, um, you know, I guess, well, the question would be, in addition to this food festival, what kinds of other events are you involved with um, putting together thus far, and what kind of services do you offer to say like a small business, if a small business wants to work with you? Yeah, so we
2: do everything. Um, I've got a great team of people who I work with and then we also have um, sort of secondary partners. So if we aren't able to bring you the service, we've got someone sort of in the background or someone who we can tap into. But we provide really all of the marketing services. So a lot of these businesses that I'm working with don't even have, for example, a web page, which, you know, at this day and age, you kind of need it. It's your yellow page ad, right? You need that place where people know how to get a hold of you. Um, Or they don't have a Facebook page. Uh, So I come in and I help them do some of that work. But really what we spend a lot more time with is looking at what is the image that they're trying to create out of their business and how does that fit into their business model. So we can offer those full services. My husband has a... Um, development background for IT so we're able to help you with your website if you need to. We're able to do your press release materials. I've got some great writers on my team. My cousin Kelly who is a member of our staff uh, has been writing and editing marketing copy for about 20 years so we've got her on our team so if you need us just to write up a flyer for you and um, it's funny because you know in terms of how we get paid as we start out of the first year yes we get paid in broccoli Yes, we get paid in eggs. <laughs> so we do. Stay. We do what we want to. Uh, it's important that we love the people that we work with and the work that we do, and so. That's really where we're starting our approach in this business, and so yes, I have been paid in cheese. That's okay, you know. Cheese, cheese, help
3: grow the business. Yeah, at least with cheese, you have a little bit longer to eat it than you do with uh, with broccoli (laughs) and some fresh produce. You can like sort of, you know, it's, it's like a CSA. You know, you can kind of triage and say, okay, I need to eat this first, and then the cheese can hold for later. (laughs)
2: Exactly, exactly. So that's what we're we're looking at is really trying to promote Wisconsin foods together. And I'm figuring if their business is growing, our business will grow too. And that's what we're working to do.
3: That's really great. I mean, I feel like as a small business owner myself, you know, there are a lot of times where you just don't, you know, you have all these lofty ideals of keeping up your Facebook page or Twitter, um, you know, writing great press release and sending it out to all your contacts. And, you know, it's just, it's a lot for a small business to handle. So it's really Um, An interesting and super valuable service that you guys are um, providing. And probably, you know, it's interesting how your career kind of dovetailed with that, because I'm sure you made a lot of great connections um, and inroads with, like you said, with the producers when you were working at your former job. So now you can like help them in a very direct way.
2: And on the, on, on the flip side, I also do still have great relationships with my friends over at Madison Magazine, the local television stations, and the radio stations. So that just lends itself to the opportunities when they exist to, to sort of pounce on them. Oh, I know that we could maybe work with this television station on this idea. So that background really does help because, again, when, when someone is doing their, their regular, it's not a nine-to-five job when you're producing food, you know, you're working out in the fields or you're working in the kitchen, you don't have time to stop and then also think, oh, I should go make a Facebook post about this. But at the same time, everyone understands the value of doing that at this point. And so they're looking for ways to do it. And we're trying to help them do it in a way that um, is as unintrusive to their regular day and they're able to still do the things that they, they need to do every day.
3: Exactly. Well, so I was thinking if it's not, you know, to, uh, you know, maybe if you could give like a teaser of your services to our listeners, like what in your opinion are like three basic things that people generally aren't doing as small business owners to promote themselves? Three easy things that you think that, you know, people should and, and, and could do um, that they, that they yeah, probably yeah. aren't doing.
2: Well, I absolutely think it's important that your website ha- reflects your brand, and has your basic 101 information. I don't think that you need to be spending tons of time every day updating your website, but please have a strong web presence so people know how to get a hold of you. What's the best way to contact you when they want to buy it? Because otherwise, that doesn't make any sense. So that would be number one. I would also say number two is that it's important that you do make some relationships with your local media in some way, shape, or form. I think it's kind of fun that if you're a cheese maker, you just drop off a little package of cheese for your local editor or reporter. Um, When you're in a small community like, for example, Delavan, Wisconsin, those people control a lot of the communications and the information that gets out of there. And making friends with them never hurts. Um, And then I would say, in terms of the social media, I think it's an interesting challenge. I don't think you need to do all of them, although they're all exciting, Instagram, yay, Facebook, LinkedIn, all of those things. I would pick one, though, and I would give yourself um, a sort of regular, consistent presence on there, whether that's every Tuesday you post about your business, whether that's once a month, but I do think regular and consistent communication from you is an important thing as you're trying to build your relationships with people.
3: Well, thank Those would be you. My top three. Thank you. That is super valuable. I pre- I appreciate that, and I'm sure our listeners will as well. Um, so, what is next for Locavor Roar? Do you have other events um, coming up? Or um, oh, yeah. What's what's yeah. Cooking? So,
2: what we do actually every month, and I would love if anybody wanted to sign up for it. We send out a monthly newsletter that every month features one food event and one food producer short and sweet, and we tell you those are the two things that you need to check out this month. And so, we're really going to focus on making sure that we're getting some good subscribers to that because, again, it's a good way for us to promote those local businesses or those local food producers. So, that's the thing that we're going to be focusing on for the fourth quarter, and then as we move into next year, we've got a couple of special events that I'm not able to share all the details with, but we will have two more events in our lineup for next year
3: that is very, very exciting. And um, so will Locavor Roar um, eventually be uh, promoting businesses beyond Wisconsin? Like, could you offer your services to a small community of producers and say, you know, Asheville, North Carolina, or is your mission really to promote um, local, you know, Wisconsin foods?
2: No, actually, that's a great question. You know, as we look at our five-year business plan, we would hope that we're able to help you know, as many people as um, are looking to promote local business, because it's interesting, some of it is very similar. The people and the the, who you talk to is always different. Um, But what I'm looking to do is actually build a network across the country of people. So when we are looking for a writer, I don't think it would necessarily make sense for my cousin Kelly to write about maybe a food producer in California because it's a little bit too far. That connection isn't there in the same way. But I do have a friend out in California who's a fantastic copywriter. And so when it's time, you can contact Local War Roar. And we hope that we're going to be able to provide you with the right contact in your market, whether it's us or not.
3: That is very, very exciting stuff. Um, well, we are almost out of time for today, but I do want to mention again, if anyone is interested in um, attending this Wisconsin Food Festival, which I definitely am, I'm sad that I'm not, uh, I'm not close enough to do it, but wisconsinfoodfestival.org, mm-hmm. or you said wifoodfest.com, um, yep, to, to go get tickets to all these fantastic events. Um, and then uh, as far as getting hold of you at of Aurora, what's the best way to do that?
2: Sure. So our website is locavore com, And actually, as you go to the Food Festival pages, you should be able to connect to us through those as well. They've got our logo there, and you just click on it, and there's the
3: rest of our stuff. Well, thank you so much, Tiffany. Thanks for doing such great work. I personally can't wait to go on and, and check out some of these new cheesemakers in, uh, in Wisconsin, and I wish you guys a super successful event.
2: Thank you so much for having us, and I appreciate the opportunity to tell all your listeners about our event.
3: All right. Well, we'll be back next week with another episode of Cutting the Curd. In the meantime, stay tuned to HeritageRadioNetwork.org.
1: You're listening to Cutting Thanks for Curd. listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio.